0: James chapter 5 verses 13 through 18 will be our text this morning as we will pray in the afternoon. It's fitting that we consider a text on prayer and the power of God and the power of prayer. This is the word of the Lord, saints, give us your full attention. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He must sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then you must call for the elders of the church and they're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, then he will be, and they will be forgiven him. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word, saying, She can be seated. Amen. In our short time together, we want to give our attention over to prayer. Not, saints, that you need to know more about prayer. I'm pretty sure you know all the basics concerning prayer. But sometimes, saints, we need to be reminded of the power of prayer. And not necessarily prayer first and foremost, but the power of God in our prayer. Saints, there are some things in this life that always seem to work. Meaning, no matter how many times people try to reinvent the wheel, the wheel is still the best way to navigate. In sports, no matter how many ways a team can create a sophisticated offense, the old saying is true, defense wins championships. Uh, As much as we would like when we are hungry to eat our favorite foods, but we can't get to those favorite foods because maybe we lack some sort of resources. Uh, The best meal is always the meal that your mama told you to make when you were young. Go make a sandwich. Church, I'm here to tell you today of another great thing that works. A thing that still works. A thing that will always work. And this good thing is not one of those good things where when it starts to get old and squeaky, you got to put some, some, some oil, some WD-40 on it in order for it to keep on working the way it used to work. It's not one of those things where we have to keep reinventing. Church, can I tell you what that good thing is? That still works. That good thing that still works is prayer. Prayer still works. Hear me, saints. Prayer still works. If I could, for a bit, let me just preach to myself. I, saints of God, know what prayer can do. In my own life, saints of God, I'm not up here teaching you something that I read last week and I thought to myself, this would be good to preach to the congregation. No, but, but I in my own life have experienced the power of God in prayer. I, I've seen God literally move mountains. I've seen God calm storms. I've seen God make ways. I've seen God bring me peace in the various situations in my life through prayer. I've seen God not answer particular prayers. Things have not always been good. But saints of God, what I've learned is there are times when God doesn't answer your prayers and you got to wait a little bit. You wait a little bit longer. And then you get something that is better than you originally prayed for. And here, saints of God, is the main point of St. James. It's found in verse 16 of our text. A prayer of a righteous person when it is brought about can accomplish much. A prayer of a righteous person when it is brought about can accomplish much. And and James doesn't just leave us there. He doesn't just make a statement, but rather he also gets more specific. Verses 13 through 16. He says, Is anyone among you suffering? then let them pray. Is anyone among you sick? The elders are to come and let them pray. If you confess your sins and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Saints, when we read the word of God, we are quick to see that the Bible views prayer not as something that you ought to do after you've done everything else. It's not that we pray after everything else has already been done, but rather the Bible presents to us as prayer being the first thing we do before we do everything else. Now why, you might ask, why is prayer the first thing we ought to do? Because saints of God, it's simple. Because in and through prayer, something happens. In and through prayer, something happens. Now, I'm not saying something happens all of the time when you pray. I'm not saying that you will always get the answers that you so desire when you pray. But church, hear me now. There are some times, there are many times that when you pray, something happens. Maybe you didn't hear me Thanks. I know that God doesn't always answer your prayers, but there are some times when God does answer your prayers. You know, Saints of God, well of what I'm talking about. God uses prayer to heal the sick. God uses prayer to save your children. God uses prayer to do things that you scratch your head and you ask yourself, how did this, how did this come about? Saints of God, God uses prayer, simply put, to do some extraordinary things. And this is what St. James is getting at in verses 13 through 16. Are you suffering? Are you sick? St. James says the best remedy for all of that is simply this. Pray. Pray. Now, I know that sounds weird, does it not? Especially in this 21st century age that we are living in. Because the people in James's day would have heard this differently. In this 21st century that we are living in, when we read something like, if you're suffering, if you're sick, then pray, it's, it, it, it's quite strange because, because we got something called urgent care. We got something called the ER. Saints of God, many of us got a medicine cabinet. That we have every sort of Tylenol, and we have every sort of ibuprofen you can imagine. But you have to understand, congregation, that people in James Day, they didn't have all that. They they, they didn't have 600s and 800s. They didn't have NyQuil or DayQuil. They didn't have a CVS. They didn't have a Walgreens, and they did not have an urgent care. No church, but, but what they did have was something better. What they did have is what... Doctors cannot give you what CVS cannot sell you what you cannot get prescribed. Saints of God, what they had is they had God and they had prayer. That's what the people of James Day had. And saints of God, this is what you have. You have God. You have prayer. I got to tell you, saints, this sermon is somewhat personal for me. Very, 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 very personal. You know, it's often said that God preaches the sermon first to the minister before the sermon is preached to the congregation. Yeah, I can say that for the past two weeks, I've had to put into practice what I'm preaching today. Because you know, congregation, that's how life works when you're a Christian. Especially as a minister. That, that God will put me in situations Where I gotta practice what I preach. And likewise, God will put you in situations where you gotta practice what you're amening. He will put you in situations, you gotta practice what you're listening to. So Saints of God, a few weeks ago, if you didn't know my wife, she had thyroid cancer a few years back. And part of her thyroid was removed. And every few years, she goes for an annual checkup. Honey, don't cry, because you're going to make me cry, and I can't do it. She goes for this annual checkup, <clears throat> and she goes to see if the cancer is coming back at all, right? So we go to this annual checkup. The first one was a success. She goes to this annual checkup, and the doctor says, but wait a minute. Everything looks good. The scar looks fine, but, but I see Something. I I I need to take a few more tests. So he shoots my wife up in her throat. She's numbed up, and he begins to pull out liquid to see what it is. He says, "I don't know what it is, but I I need to test it just in case it's something." So we're in the room. He's taking as much fluid as he can from her throat, and he says, "I don't want to. I don't want to scare you guys, but." I can't really tell you what it is. It could be good. It could be bad. Meaning this. It could be cancer again. Or it could just be maybe some fluid. We don't know, but but come back in two weeks and get the results. Well, saints, you can only imagine what I'm feeling. You can only imagine what... Oh, and sit down. Sit down, baby. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You can only imagine what my wife, who is on the table, that's feeling. You can imagine the, 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 the mixed emotions, saints of God, that's, that's going on in our minds. And as we are leaving the doctor's office, and as we are walking to the car, I know my wife. I, I know what she's feeling. And I know, saints of God, how quickly the seeds of doubt... The seeds of worry, the seeds of despair can enter the soul. I, I know how quickly one can start seeing a black cloud come over the lives. And then I said to myself, saints of God, what can I do? What can I do? As the husband, as the one who is trying to care... As the one who's trying to care for the wife, my wife, what can I do to cheer her up? So I'm starting thinking about maybe I can buy her something. What is she? Maybe I can take her to her favorite place to eat. Maybe I can do something for her to cheer her up. And then, but then saints of God, God will slap you in the face. God will remind you and tell you, what can you get her? What can you do for her? Mm-hmm. I said to myself, you're right, Lord. Mm-hmm. There's no material thing that can ease her pain. Mm-hmm. But I know someone who will. Amen. I, I, I said to myself, the doctors may not know what's going on in her throat. Mm-hmm. And I may be confused on what's going on. But I know someone who has all the answers. Amen. And while I don't know what's going to come about in all of this, It may be cancer, it may not be cancer. I don't know what's going on, but saints of God, my Bible tells me that the prayers of a righteous person can accomplish much. So we prayed that day. And we continue to pray. We get the results back in just a few days. And saints of God, I don't tell you this story to pat myself on the back just because in a situation like that, I did the right thing and prayed But saints of God, it is to tell you, and rather, it is to give you something to hold on to. Because I know, some of y'all ain't going through some bad stuff. I get that. I get that some of y'all ain't suffering. I understand that. But as the old people used to say, just keep on living. Just keep on living. To give you something, saints, to hold on to. That you are not hopeless so long as you can pray. That you are not helpless so long as you can pray. As long as God is at the other end of your prayers. Something, anything can happen. Yes. Amen. This is why church St. James says we ought to pray. Amen. We ought to pray. But we ought to pray, he says, in faith. We ought to pray in faith. Faith is, is how we must approach God in prayer. Now, saints, I'm no faith healer. I'm not. And I'm not a son of a faith healer. Let's not misuse and abuse the word faith when it comes to prayer. St. James is not saying, and I'm not telling you today, that if you have a mountain of faith, when you pray, you can move the mountain. That's not what I'm saying. And that's not what James is saying. But here me, saying: Having prayer, or rather, having faith in prayer, It's not about how much power you have to move the hand of God. You see, that's what a lot of people think, right? That the more power I have and the more I believe, the more I can move the hand of God when I pray. Saints of God, James is not saying that. But rather, what he's saying, saints of God, is when you pray, or rather, having faith in prayer is about depending on God when you pray. Not about how much power you have in your prayers, but it's how much dependence you have on God who answers prayers. Put another way, church. We are to think that God only answers the prayers of those who have mighty faith. We might be tempted to think that, but saints of God, God wants those with sincere faith. With sincere faith to call upon His mighty name. That's what God desires. That's what it means to have faith when you pray. Having faith, saints of God, means that when you pray, you know that you're hopeless. But there is a God who cares for those who are hopeless. Having faith when you pray recognizes that you are helpless. But God helps the helpless. That's what it means to pray, saints of God, with faith. To pray with faith simply means to come to God and say, God, I can't, but I know you can. That's what that means, saints of God. And again, church... Don't misuse the word faith when it comes to prayer. We must be balanced when it comes to the believer's faith and prayer. But saints of God, I say that to say this. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. As much balance as we try to be. When you pray, you got to believe. you got to believe that God has the power to do What you're requesting, what you're asking, what you're pleading Him to do. When you pray, you gotta believe God can do it. You gotta believe God can do it. Again, here's the distinction I'm making. Not that God will do it. God will do whatever He wants. But it doesn't say that God can do it. God can do it. We aren't to be Christians who have more faith in that lottery ticket that we just bought that will make us a millionaire over and above the God who answers prayer. We ought to have more faith in these upcoming presidential candidates that they will lead our nation to some sort of prosperity over and above God answering our prayers. Have you heard, Saints of God, of the story of the tavern owner? Have you heard of that story? Okay, great. There was a tavern owner. <clears throat> he wanted to open up a liquor store. A bar right by a church. The church hears about it. The church is outraged. The church says, we can't have this. This this, this can't happen. It's, It's too close to proximity to the church. So what they do is, they prayed all night. And they continue to pray. What happens next? Well, the tavern owner doesn't open up The tavern, after all. You want to know how? Lightning struck the building and burned the building down. Now, your response is like the church's response. They amened. They high-fived. They ran around. They rejoiced. Until they got a letter in the mail. The tavern owner sued the church for the damages. And they, and he blamed the church's prayers on the reason why his building caught on fire and burned down. So, the church goes to court. The church, like I'm sure what many would say, judge, we had nothing to do with this. This is not our fault. And the judge, after going back and forth, said this statement. He says, I don't know how this case is going to come out, but it's obvious that the tavern owner believes in the power of prayer and the church does not. That the tavern owner believes that something happens when you pray, but the church does not. Saints of God, I'm here to tell you today that we got to believe that what we are asking of God to do will surely come to pass. That we got to have faith like that woman with the issue of blood who said to herself, if I just touch his garments, I will be made well. We got to have faith like that blind man we just heard about named Bartimaeus who... In his life, no one has been able to heal him, but when he heard that Jesus, the Son of God, was in town. Yes, yes. Saints of God, we've got to have faith like Peter. We've got to have faith like Peter, who trusted Jesus as he is walking on water, but the moment he began to doubt, yes. that's when he fell. Yes. amen. Now you might say, saints, yes. you don't know what I go through, though. <laughs> You don't know what I've experienced. You don't know what I'm going through right now, preacher. I can never be like these people. I can never be like the women with the issue of blood. I can never be like Byron I can never have faith like Peter. This is why, church, I love the Word of God. This is why, church, I love the Word of God because, because James anticipates such objection. He, he knows what we're going to say. So he presents to us an example. He presents to us a person. Because you can't just tell people to have faith in prayer, but you've got to show them. This is why we like movies. People don't like to read, so we've got to show them on the screen. St. James presents to his hearers the story of a man who shows up out of nowhere in the pages of 1 Kings 17. With no fanfare, with really no introduction, it simply says, Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah is a name that the people in James' day would have been very, very familiar with. His name is up there with the likes of Moses and Jeremiah and Isaiah. And church, if you don't know anything about Elijah, just know this. Elijah did not die the way that you and I die. Elijah was actually caught up in a whirlwind. Uh, let me put it in a plainer. Elijah was so bad of a prophet, meaning good. God said, "Just come up here with me." Th- that's Elijah. People of day of these of James Day knew who Elijah was. As we come to verse seventeen and eighteen of our text, uh, uh, James's argument is, is simply this: Just as God answered Elijah's prayers. He can answer your prayers. Just as God answered Elijah's prayers. Mm -hmm. He can answer your prayers. But what did Elijah pray for you might ask? Well, the context helps. In Elijah's day, Israel was ruled by two people. Wicked people. Ahab and Jezebel. And the main aim of Ahab and Jezebel was simple saints. It was to destroy the name of the true God of Israel. They built temples and hopes and and wanting the people to worship false gods. They they killed the prophets. But, But in God's mysterious providence, another prophet rises up. Someone comes to the scene. This mysterious man is Elijah. Elijah then pays a visit to King Ahab. And I'm not going to give you the whole story, but essentially he tells King Ahab, Look, Ahab, ain't no rain gonna fall unless I say so. Doesn't say in the text, but I'm sure Ahab laughed at him. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What do you mean rain has fallen all this time? We depend on our rain. How are you going to say that rain's not going to come unless it's by your word? It was funny that day. It was funny the next day. It was funny after a week. It was funny after a month. But after three months, it wasn't funny no more. After six months, no one was laughing. After a year has passed, people are starting to say something. After two years, after three years, people are starting to really worry. After three years and six months, People are outraged. In fact, the text even says that they go on and they try to kill Elijah. Who who is this man that did all this disaster? We're, We're worshiping Baal, the one who owns the skies. What's going on? A few chapters later, rain finally comes. And you might ask church, how is it that... Rain can come and go, and just like that. I'll tell you how. Because Elijah prayed. That is how. Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed that rain would stop. And after three years and six months, Elijah prayed for rain to come back. And rain came back. And notice, church, the manner in which Elijah prayed. James says, Elijah prayed earnestly. I can remember as a child, one of the greatest things my mother ever did for me was she would drag me to prayer meetings. Drag me. One of the greatest things she ever did to me, though. I can remember as a child, saints of God, not many things in those prayer meetings, but I can remember one thing. Is I can remember seeing my mom on her knees, face down in her chair, praying hard. Praying like, like she was on her last prayer. Praying as if her life depended on it. Praying, saints of God, with, with such fervor. Praying, saints of God, with such intensity. Saints of God, this is the point James is trying to make. In fact, he even says in 1 Kings 18 that Elijah got down on his knees and prayed. Which means, saints, when we pray, hear me now, we're almost done. You can't come to God half-stepping. You can't come to God with half-hearted prayers. Saints of God, if you want God to take serious your prayers, then you got to take serious your own prayers. If you want your prayers to matter to God, your prayers must first matter to you. That's what that means. We gotta seek. We gotta ask. Sometimes we gotta cry. Sometimes we got to wrestle with God in prayer. And saints of God, when you're finished praying, as I was taught from my mama, you keep praying. When you stop praying, you keep praying. And if you can't stay on your knees all day long, then that's fine. Pray while you walk. And saints of God, if you can't sit down at work when you pray, then that's all right. Pray while you're sitting. And saints of God, if you can't pray out loud, then pray in your mind. Pray. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, because I thought the same thing. It's Elijah. Of course, his prayers were answered. I'm no Elijah. I'm not these men. But what James wants us to know is some of the greatest encouragement, saints of God, in all of the Bible. Please, I hope you hear me. I I hope I don't sound like a broken record this morning. This is the greatest encouragement, saints of God, and it's this, that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was a man With a nature like ours. Saints of God, is that not some good news for us today? Is that not something that we can take home with and we can live with until we meet our God in glory? That we tend to see the men and women of the Bible as larger than life figures. And we should. That's fine. But, saints of God, we must remember, as great of a leader Moses was, he still said, who am I? But we must remember, as holy of a man Isaiah was, he still said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. As high regard as we hold the Apostle Paul in, he still prayed, who will deliver me from this body of death? Peter declared that he's a sinful man. Jeremiah and Job regretted the day they were born. Church, what I'm trying to tell you is the best of men are just that, they're men. Saints of God, what I'm trying to tell you is the greatest of humans are still human. Saints of God, you can be Superman, but there is always a kryptonite waiting around the corner for you. Elijah, David, Paul, Jeremiah, Job, Moses, Isaiah, Peter, all men of limitations. But here's the great news that the Bible teaches us. Is that these men of limitations knew yes. that they had a God who had no limitations. Yeah. That saints of God, they, they had a God that was limitless. Yeah. As great as these men were saints of God, they served an either greater God. And they leaned on that God. Saints of God, this is why we need to know. Or it rather, this is what we need to know, saints of God, when we pray. Is that ordinary people have an extraordinary God who answers their prayers. That ordinary people, sinful people, wicked people have a holy God who hears them, who answers their prayers. And saints of God, this is what I want us to know before I close my sermon. Mm -hmm. It's a true saints of God that you don't need your, your PhD for. You don't need your BA. You don't need your AA. You don't even need your GED to know. You don't need to read every single work that's ever penned by every single theologian in the history of the church. You don't need to go to a seminary. You don't need any of those things, saints of God. Saints of God, what you need to know is this, that God answers prayer. That God answers prayer. Meaning, saints, when you pray, saints of God, know who you're praying to. You're not talking to the teller at the bank. You're not talking to a waiter or waitress at the restaurant. Saints of God, God is not some ordinary higher power. Joe Biden is of a higher power. But we don't pray to him. The governor of California is a higher power. But we don't call upon the governor's name. The law enforcement is a higher power. But saints of God, they don't answer my prayers. And the point that James is making is that the power of Elijah's prayers is not found in the power of Elijah. But the power of Elijah's prayers is found in his powerful God. That's the point of James. Saints of God, you don't need to know, though. You don't need to hear about Elijah to know this. You don't need me to give you more examples of any people in the Bible for you to know this. Saints of God, but you have experienced this power in your life, have you not? You have experienced the power of God in your life, in and through prayer, have you not? Saints of God, have you ever been in need? Have you ever been in need? You you didn't know how bills were going to get paid? You didn't know how you were going to get food for the week? But somehow, some way, God kept chicken on the table. Somehow, some way, the lights were still on. Somehow, some way, gas was still in the car. And then it suddenly hits you that your living doesn't come from your paycheck. It always comes and came from the Lord who answers prayer. And have you ever had some sleepless nights? I know I have in the past few days. Popping up at two in the morning, you couldn't settle your mind. But but then you discovered saints of God prayer actually really works and you ask the lord lord can you just give me some rest for an hour or two and then you suddenly you suddenly started to amen the things that i heard about as a kid that that god he's a mind regulator and, and then saints of god you begin to you begin to doze off and it, and it wasn't your pillow and it wasn't your blanket putting you to sleep but it was god putting you to sleep amen. and you woke up saints of god that morning and you realized this That my rest doesn't come from my mattress. It comes from the Lord God who answers prayer. Saints of God, have you ever been sick? And the prescription medicine wasn't working? Tylenol ibuprofen, they weren't doing their job. But then you prayed and you began to get a little bit better. And then as soon as you got better, or rather, rather in the midst of you getting better, you realize that your healing is not first and foremost found in your medicine, but is first and foremost found in the Lord God who answers prayer. How has God answered prayer this whole time? Yes, through medicine. Yes, through this. Yes, through that. But first and foremost, from His own power. Saints of God, He still answers prayers today. He still answers your prayers today. You sitting here is an answered prayer. You not going left, going back to the life you used to live, you continuing to press on, Is God answering prayers. I know, saints of God, this is a powerful, rather a positive sermon, that God answers prayers. And I want you to know that he does. He does answer prayers. Don't ever think for one second that God will not answer a prayer from his children. He answered your prayer this morning by waking you up. He will answer your prayer tomorrow, Lord willing, by waking you up, giving you life, breath, and all things that you need. So be of good cheer this morning, saints of God. And when we pray today, we're going to pray like Elijah. And when you pray, pray like Elijah. When you pray, saints of God, pray like Daniel when he was in the lion's den. When you pray, saints of God, pray like these men and women who we read in the word of God, who when they prayed, and they prayed right, God answered their prayers. Let's pray.